0: Thanks, Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cool, and I am one of the pastors here. And uh, it's a joy to welcome all of you here this morning. It's good for us to gather together. It's uh, wonderful to be able to gather together in warm weather and to be able to enjoy the sunshine. And it seems like maybe, maybe, maybe spring is actually here, and summer might actually come again this year. So that would be good. God is good, and God is faithful. We're kicking off our campaign, uh, campaign this morning. You've uh, heard about it. We're going to be talking about it for the next four weeks. Maximum impact. And and in some ways, um, we. We're We're kicking it off this morning, Um, but in other ways, it really goes back a couple of years. And I kind of want to give you the history of some of that, and and so that you know kind of where we are in the story of what what we see God doing here. Uh, Really, we go back almost two years to when the long-range planning team started to meet. And, and we said, you know, what is God doing here? What, what do we do? How do we respond? What, what, what kind of a community is God creating in us and among us and through us and so on? And, and, and so we asked those, those questions and so on. And, and we looked at a bunch of possible ways to, uh, to move forward. We talked about saying, well, do we sell this property and go out someplace? We talked about, well, do we just plant a church? Do we do a satellite? What do we do? And, and what we ended up saying is that, that, that right now what we felt God was calling us to do, and we did this with a lot of other folks here as well, saying God wants us to make a maximum impact in this place, that that, that God wants us to make a maximum impact here, and then maybe down the road do a satellite or something like that, but at this point, we said, you know what, God wants us to to become more and more a deeper church, a stronger church, a more effective church here in this place, and so that's when we really started to talk about maximum impact, and and we said there are four areas, four areas, and I've shared this with a number of you before, where we really need to focus our attention. The first one we talked about was saying, you know what, preaching and worship, uh, we, we feel like we're, we do pretty well with worship and decent with preaching, but uh, you know, we, we said, you know what, God, God works through this in us. It, it seems to be one of our strengths, and we said we need to figure out how to deepen that, how to strengthen that, and that's part of the reason now we're streaming online is because is then we know some folks who can't join us here, and so we want to make that available to them. So there's that sense of, of preaching and worship, and then we said, you know what, community impact and, and, and these signs, you can see them, you'll see them throughout the campaign. Community impact. One of the things we believe, and, and, and I, I, this is one of the most important things I want you to get this morning, that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. What, what we believe, what many of us have experienced, is that Jesus Christ brings us life. Jesus Christ forgives our sins. Jesus Christ fixes us. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And we want to have an impact for Jesus Christ in our community. And, and so that's why we do things like God Questions on Tuesday nights. And we connect with Town Line, with, with Kids Hope, and we have streams of hope there that we support and that we're we a part of there. And, and Town Line Bible Club and, and, and Cuba Mission Trips and, and, and all those things because, again, we want to have an impact on our community, on, on the people who are around us. The third thing we said we really wanted to grow better at and, 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 and deepen was a sense of, of building a family uh, you know, we're a large church, but we're not a mega church, And part of the joy of that, and every church had different sizes, different strengths, and so on. But one of the things we've said, you know, at our size, we can still be a family. We can still get to know each other. And, 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 and in our world where community is increasingly becoming just shattered, to create a place here where we break down barriers between older and younger, between richer and poorer, between different races, to, to be able to do that, to become that kind of a family, to become that kind of a community... We, we think that's part of, of, of being the presence of Christ here in this place. And, and then the final thing, and, and in some ways the, one of the things that really drives this is just children and youth. Um, you've heard it, you'll hear it again and again. We've got 160 kids, 5 and under here that is unbelievable friends 160 kids five and under we don't have space for all those kids if everybody brought them okay and 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 so some of it is just needing to do that it is such a gift and and if you think about an opportunity to make an impact uh, those kids five and under those kids who are in middle school those kids who are in high school the young people and so on and 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 that's what we said we said, you know what, we, we want to make an impact, we want to we make a difference, we want to continue to grow stronger in each of these areas, and so we said, all right, we're going to do a maximum impact, and then um, last March, uh, this past March, we, we said, all right, you know, the fact is this requires some facilities, it, it requires some some finances in order to to, to build some things, we, we, like I said, we just don't have space, and so... Um, we then said, all right, we need to do, to do some fundraising, and that brings us to today, right? And, and even there, though, we, we, we've already been busy. In fact, we've got over a million dollars in pledges and so on already, and so we are so grateful for that. And so that is just fantastic. A couple of things just in general as we start this off, as we kick this off. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I believe this with my whole heart. It's not primarily about money. Yes, it takes money to build buildings. Contractors have this crazy thing of wanting to get paid. Um, But if it's primarily about money, then we're not going to get anywhere. It's not primarily about money. It's not primarily about buildings. Again, we need buildings. We need spaces. We need spaces. Spaces impact us. And, and we need spaces in which to worship, spaces in which to teach kids, spaces in which to have community and to share life together. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about those things, but it's not about those things. What it's about is it's about Jesus. And again, I come back to that. He is the hope of the world. And if we believe that, if we really genuinely believe that, that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And, and what I mean by that is when we look at all the problems in the world, when we look at beheadings in the Middle East, when we look at earthquakes in Ecuador and in Japan, when we, at, when we look at fractures in our own families, what I genuinely believe and what the Bible teaches and what we are called to believe is that bottom line, it's only Jesus Christ who can fix those things. Bottom line, it is Jesus Christ who brings new life. Bottom line, it was Jesus Christ who can make hearts new. No legislation has ever changed a heart. Now, it doesn't mean we don't try to enact legislation. That's good. We work in all these areas. But you know what? It's Jesus Christ who is the hope of the world. It's Jesus Christ who can change hearts. And if we genuinely believe this, then we ought to be giving our lives. We ought to be absolutely pouring out our lives so that Jesus Christ is known, so that we can make an impact for him. It's about Jesus, and it's about people. It's about those kids. It's about the middle schoolers, the high schoolers. It's about senior citizens. It's about people, friends. And, and, and the campaign folks might not like it when I say this, but I tell you this. If, if I could choose between deepening our love for God and love for neighbor, if, 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 we, if, if by the end of four weeks, if in the next four weeks we become more on fire for God and we turn our love for God and love for neighbor up two notches, whatever a notch is, but only raise a fifth of the money, we'd still be fine. Because what's more important is our hearts. What's more important is that passion. What's more important is that desire, okay? So yes, give, and give a lot. But more importantly, we got to give ourselves. We got to have our hearts. We got to be passionate about Jesus Christ. We got to recognize, friends, that we have an opportunity: being God's church, being God's people, to be a part of the most unbelievable thing in the world—that is making all things new. All right, I'll get to that more in a minute. All right, campaign overview. Again, just some housekeeping stuff here. Um, let me just start by saying thanks to Gary and Pat Rignalda. Can you guys just stand up a second? They've been our campaign chairs since December, and there you are thank you um So, yeah, just they 've been really helpful in all of this here 's what we 've got over the next four weeks all right today we 're going to look at what is God doing okay what If we want to make an impact for god we 've got to make sure find out what he 's doing all right we 're going to look at that this morning again hopefully you 're going to pick up your information packets. those are available for you and and uh, just if you would do that today, that would be great next week we 're going to talk about how does God work? What are the tools God uses and we 're going to sneak that into the end of this one because it 's us, okay. God works through crazy people like us. And then also next week, Sunday, we're going to have a prayer event from 2 to 4. And for those of you who say, I can't sit and pray for two hours, you don't have to, okay? What we're we're going to do, and Kathy Down was setting up this, the spiritual emphasis director, what we want to do is just have you come and pray in the building. And you can come to different parts. If you have kids, it would be awesome. Just bring your kids and come and pray in their classrooms for just 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever it is. But it's not going to be like one time of, of a service together praying. It's just gonna, you're going to be able to come and pray and for all the different ministries of the church in those places and, and, and just bathe that in prayer. So that's next week, Sunday, from 2 to 4. Please, if you can make it, that would be awesome. April 29, we're going to have the Hillside Night Out, and that's for everybody, okay? We're going to gather together at Railside. We're going to have a church is going to provide appetizers and, and soft drinks. Um, you're on your own for anything beyond that. The bar will be open, and... Hey, if it increases your check, I'll... No, I won't buy you a drink. I'm, okay, maybe I will. But anyway, no, I mean, so, and again, part of that is just just being together, Okay. Just being part of the family. There is going to be babysitting that night for the first hundred kids who are signed up. And so sign them up. The high school students, middle school students are going to be here. We've done this before. The kids have an awesome time. It's not really babysitting. It's play t- it's, it's a great time. My grandkids have absolutely adored it and loved it. And so, um, again, sign up for that online. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 again, it, don't say, well, oh, it's, it's at the country club. So it's only for those who can make. No, it's for all of us, Okay. It's for all of us. And, and that's one of the things. Let me just say that. You know, some of you have been given gifts by God that can make larger contributions. That's awesome. And I challenge you to use that and to recognize your responsibility. But one of the fun things about this, and I can say it about this building and about everything that's here, except for the piano. That was donated as a piano. But everything else, you know what? Tammy and I paid for part of that brick. And we paid for part of that brick because we do it together. Now, not the biggest part. But we did it, and we did our part. And that's what we're going to challenge each other to do. It's to say, you know what, it's, it's not about saying, oh, if you can make a good gift, then you get to come to this thing or that thing. No, we're a family. And, and, and God makes it clear that some of us have been given more resources on these things. Great, use them. Some of us, whatever resources we've got, all right? So April 29, Hillside Night Out, it's it just going to be fun. All right, and we're going to, yes, I am going to talk about the campaign and give you some more details and so on. But, all right, love to have you there. Then on that next Sunday, May 1, when God taps us on the shoulder, how are we going to respond? As God works through us, when God taps us on the shoulder, how are we going to respond? There's going to also be an information meeting after the second service on that day. And then Mother's Day, May 8, what will our legacy be? We're all going to die unless Jesus comes back. And the question is, what will we have left as our legacy? And uh, again, that's not just money, but that's part of it, all right? And then on that day, that's when we will be collecting pledges, all right? And so um, now if you say, can I give before then? Okay, we'll let you do that. Um, But in those packets of information, there's a pledge card. Believe it or not, we might have a few extras, um, you know. And so uh, that's when we want to collect those pledges and 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 just kind of see what what God's going to do in the next three years and what we'll be able to do building wise. I mean, again, we're we're going to be you know kind of say what we get and then we're going to build up to that. So um, that's that's what we're going to do. So pledges, uh, please be in prayer on that. Talk about it in your families. Talk about it with your kids and so on. And then May twenty two, that Sunday, we're going to have a celebration event. We're going to have a big picnic on the front lawn because we are praying that it's great weather um, and uh, just gonna just gonna have fun. And, and enjoy some time together and celebrate what God is doing. So, again, one of the places to get information, hillsidech.org, the website, then Maximum Impact. So, all right, enough of the commercial. Let's get on with it. What, what is God doing, okay? And, and, and you know, again, to think that we have an opportunity to be a part of this. What is God doing? How does God work? How, what, what is God's passion? What is he, what is he, you know, what's his plan for this world? In, in order to answer that, we need to know the story, And I want to take just a couple of minutes to tell you the story of everything. Uh, Really, it won't take that long. You It's the story of everything. This is a basic story that is the biblical story. This is the human story. This is the universal story. This is how everything has gone. And this is going to tell us what God is doing. What the Bible says it all starts with is creation. Okay, It starts with creation. And, And in Genesis 1 and 2, when God created everything, God created it and it was good. God created it, and and they were perfect relationships, all right? The kind of relationships you imagine, they were there. Perfect relationship with God. Adam and Eve and God went walking around together in the garden, all right? They hung out together. Adam and Eve and God had this perfect relationship. Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with each other. Uh, Can you imagine? I mean, they they were naked, and they felt no shame. Now, I'm not saying nakedness is key to relationships, but I am saying that that's a symbol, a picture of saying they didn't have anything to hide. They, were, they didn't hide things from each other. They never accused each other of anything. They had absolutely a wonderful, wonderful relationship. It was absolutely the way it's supposed to be. And creation. Creation did everything it was supposed to be. The trees produced their fruits and the, and, 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 and the gardens produced vegetables and, and grass grew and weeds didn't. Everything was absolutely perfect. God created that way. Everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be until we get to Genesis 3 and what we call the fall, right? Many of you know the story, Adam and Eve, and somehow we in them, somehow we in them, we decided to say to God, we want to do it our way. We want to do it our way. We want to do this ourselves. We want this to be our world. We want our rules. We want our control. And, And it broke. Everything broke. Everything was twisted. Everything was changed in in, in that fall and in that rebellion against God. First and foremost, our relationship with God was broken. We we no longer had that community, that perfect relationship between us and God. It was was shattered, and, and now we lived with guilt and shame because we had sinned against God, and we still do that to this day relationships with each other, they were shattered, all right? Adam and Eve, now they start to accuse each other, right? Now they start to hide things from each other. Now they start to get into the relationships that you and I know, that brokenness, that pain, that hurt, that struggling, that the relationship with ourselves, we ourselves got twisted. You know, God created you. God created me to love and give and serve. God created us to experience the joy of living in great community. But now because of sin, I I, I put myself first. Because of sin, I worry more about me than anybody else. Because of sin, I do that. And all that can be traced to the fall. All the brokenness, all the pain, all the guilt, all that's wrong in this world can be traced back to that time and to the results of that. All the pollution, all the greed, all the beheadings, all, all, all the family struggles. It's because we have been in rebellion against God. Now, God had every right to just leave it there, but the good news is that God didn't. God already, in Genesis chapter 3, all right, right at the beginning, God begins his plan of redemption, okay, the third chapter of the story. He begins his plan of redemption. He calls Abraham, calls Abraham and, and Sarah, and, and he says to them, you're going to be my people, okay? And, and, and this was God's plan through the Old Testament. I think this is so important for us to understand today. God's plan was that the nation of Israel would be the presence of the kingdom of God. They would be people who honored God with their lives. They would be people who loved each other. They would be people who cared for each other. They would be people who did all of those things. And and the idea was that other nations would say, what's weird about you? What's up with you? How do you do that? Why do you do that? Why do you treat people that way? And that they would be able to see God through them. Israel sometimes did it okay, but most of the time they blew it. Because again, their hearts were crooked, just like ours. Their hearts were crooked. And so finally, God sent his son Jesus to be Israel, all right? And Jesus lived and died on the cross, and then he rose again, all right? He, he, he lived that life, and, and that's what we call ultimate redemption. That Jesus Christ poured out his life. And and in that life, all of our sins were forgiven. In that, in that death and resurrection, all all, all that was wrong was paid for. All the suffering was was poured onto Jesus and and healing flowed from his blood. That's why when we said, you know, do we have time to do communion this morning? I said, How can we not? Because redemption is in Christ. Redemption is in his death and resurrection. And that's what communion is all about, friends. When we take that bread, when we take that cup, what we're saying is, Jesus, just, I'm broken and I need your love and I need your healing. I need the price that you paid on the cross. And I need you to give me strength. And so, yeah, we're going to celebrate communion together because it's there that we find our strength. And, and so, on that cross, Jesus Christ won redemption. He paid the price. And then comes chapter four, and this is our chapter, all right? And, and this is just, and I get, this is awesome because with the fourth chapter, the final chapter is reconciliation, it's restoration, it's making all things new. What God is now doing is he's, he's taking his creation that had rebelled against him, he's taking his creation, and he paid the price to make it new, and now he's doing that. He's applying the redemption of Christ into every area of our lives. Let me talk about this for just a little bit, and, and let me show you one of the most, I, I think, just fantastic passages in Scripture, Colossians 1, 19 and 20. Listen to these words, all right? For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That's Jesus, all right? So the Father was pleased to pour everything he had into the Son, into Christ, to have all of his fullness dwell in him. And then through him, through Christ, these words, to reconcile to himself all things. To reconcile to himself all things. And if you've got your Bibles out, go ahead and circle all things. Because when we talk about restoration, when we talk about reconciliation, we are talking about big picture stuff. We are talking about absolutely everything. What God is about is not just plucking human beings out of this earth and saying, I will save you. What God is about is saying, you know what, I'm going to redo everything. And when he does it, it's not just restoration to what it once was. It's, it's restoration to something even stronger, even better. Even, it, 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 it's, there's something new that's going to be there. And, and so what he is about is, is reconciling all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood. Redemption, right? By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. All right. I, I like the way Eugene Peterson translates this in, in the message. He says this, not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe. Me, just I mean, right, what it, that's that's what it, all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe. That's me. That's you. It's our, our neighborhoods. That's that's just governments. All the broken and dislocated pieces of, of the universe. People and things, animals and atoms. Get properly fixed and fit together to vibrant in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. Fixed and fit together, right? That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus restores. He fixes us and he fits us together. Both of those things are essential. He he restores us, he forgives us, he makes us new so that we can be in relationship again, as it were, with ourselves. But then he also. Brings us into community with each other. He brings us into community with the Father. Fixed and fit together. And, and, and just to imagine what that's going to be like when everything is humming the way it's supposed to be. To hear that song. Think about it. You have never had food that really tastes the way it's supposed to taste. I've had a lot. But it's going to be better. You've never listened to a piece of music that is perfect. You've never run the way God wants us and created us. To run, some of us has just never run. But anyway, um, I mean, God is making. Well, Revelation twenty-one five. God is making everything new. God is making all things new. He is restoring all things. He is fixing all things. Again, atoms and and people and animals and things and every square inch of this universe. God is making u- new. He is restoring all things. And, and what's amazing, uh, well, here, let me just give you some examples of, of what he's restoring. It, it, it starts, I think, with people to himself, okay? He, he's restoring people to himself, to, 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 to that relationship. That's the core one that's broken. That's, again, why we talk about preaching and worship. That's one of the places he does it. That's community impact, calling people who don't know Christ. That's kids, children and youth, helping them come to know that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. God reconciles us to himself. God reconciles people to ourselves, okay? To our true selves. It's a slow process, but God is at work restoring me to be who he created me to be. God is at work restoring me and you to your true selves, to our true selves. Again, hopefully we do that through, again, preaching and impact, through family building and so on. People to each other. God restores us in relationships. All those things that were broken in the fall are now being reconciled, are being restored. The systems. I could talk for a long time on this, but I'm not going to. You know, when God created Adam and Eve creation, he said, you know, go fill all the earth. And, and so, believe it or not, I want to suggest that government would have happened even without sin. Just would have been a little different. Roads would have happened even without sin, all right? Businesses would have happened even without sin. That's all part of development. And, 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 and so those systems, things like government, they're twisted just like everything else. So part of what we do is we say, you know what? God's restoring all things. He's restoring all things. He's making all things new. He's, he's making psychology new. He's making government new. He's making education new. And we try to be a part of saying, okay, what does that look like? How do we participate in this? How do we get to be a part of restoring all things and, and, and then again, creation itself. Now this, we don't get to straighten out, but you know what? I mean, God's going to make it so someday there are no more earthquakes. Someday there are no more typhoons. Uh, again, that line from, from Peterson, peoples and things, people and things, animals and atoms. God is restoring all things, and here's the kicker. Here's, here's what's amazing to me. He does it through us. God is restoring all things, and you want to know what his main tool is? You. You are it. You are the people. You are the the, the individuals in us together as a church. God works through us. Remember what I said about Israel being a community where people would look at and say, hey, they're weird and wonderful. There's something different about them. Now we are to be that. You know what? We're called to be as a church. And 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 I, again, we don't do it perfectly at all, but I think we've got. A, a good shot of doing this better than we have, and, and keep growing in this. But we're called to be a church that's, that, that's kind of a community where people around us look at us and say, what's up with them? Look at how they love each other. I think about, you know, again, we got Ben Kloster with, with cancer at four years old, and, and, and Drew, who's 13, and, and Drew's going to be in isolation for 180 days. You imagine that? 13 years old, 180 days of isolation when he has this transplant, the bone marrow transplant. I don't know what it means, but I want some of you to pray about it and think about it and say, what does it mean for us to be the church to this kid? What does it mean for us to love him and his family? How do we do that? How do we do that in such a way that, not so that people will notice, but that people say, well, that, that, that's just amazing. Why do you do that? Why do you care about him? Why do you do this? Why do you why do high school kids give up a Friday night to spend it taking care of younger kids? It's because Jesus is, is the one who gives, makes all things new, all right? And, and, and so again, we've said the vision for our church is Hillside's gonna be a community where the kingdom of God becomes real and visible in every aspect of our lives. Where, where, where we learn to live that out. Where we learn to become that people. Where we teach and, and, and care and serve and love. And the world looks at us and says, that's weird, but can you tell me more? Where we invite people to come, you know, I mean, just little things, the golf league. And then we always make it clear to say, hey, folks, come on, just stop in any time during the week. Seriously? I can just stop in? What's the charge? Nothing. Just stop in. It's, we got a resource here. Use it. It's great. It's a gift from God to us, and we want to share it with you. And they kind of say, hmm. It's a wonderful thing for a non-Christian to say. Hmm. Because the more they say, hmm, the more they start to say, what is this Jesus thing all about? And I want us to become more and more of a church. You know, when I started seminary, I didn't want to be a pastor. I wanted to teach because seminaries are important, right? I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I want to get a PhD. I wanted to do that. But it was being a part of, of what this church was doing during an internship and working with George and saying, you know what? We're far from perfect, but this is awesome of trying to actually learn to be the church, of trying to learn to be the presence of the kingdom of God, of trying to learn to be people who have been reconciled to Christ and who now give our lives to share it with others, who serve and give and love. And I'll tell you, friends, it is so awesome. And that's why we say we want to make a maximum impact. We want to make, do the best that we can. If we really believe Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, then there's nothing more important that we can give our lives to. I mean, that's really the bottom line that we're going to come back to again and again. We all got to give our lives to something. We're all going to pour ourselves into something. The question is what? And we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity, and again, it's not just us. And if we build enough buildings, no. We have an opportunity if we create a community where the kingdom of God is real and invisible. We have an opportunity to impact lives for eternity. God does that through us together. God does that through us individually. But I, can't, I cannot imagine something better to do with your life. I cannot imagine something. And again, I'm not saying, well, you all should go to seminary like I did. No. No, you have opportunities I'll never have in, in your workplaces. You'll have opportunities I'll never have. Again, I still I felt like seminary was, was not the front lines. The churches are front lines. But I still feel like you're the front lines, the front, front lines. I get to be a part of feeding you, but ultimately the difference makers are you. Christ comes in you, through you, and to others, into a broken world. I can't imagine anything better than that. If we get that, if we get that, that, that the hope of the world is Jesus Christ, and we carry Jesus Christ, it will scare us. If you're not, right, I mean, come on, I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not strong enough to do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. I don't know how to do that. Let me tell you, friends, the the impact that I've seen in the last 25 years so often is from people. It's not brilliant arguments. It's acts of love. It's prayer. It's just caring for somebody. And the kingdom comes the people whose lives have come to Christ through members of this church and through this church, primarily what they talk about is being loved. We, we very rarely argue somebody into the kingdom of God. You know, as Daniel does with God questions, we've got to answer some of those questions. But the bigger thing that happens at Alpha is not answering questions, it's people getting loved. And, and so often that is what it is. You say, I don't know if I can answer all the questions. You, you probably can't. I can't. Can you love others the way Jesus loved you? Can you make yourself available? And that's what brings us back to the table. Because the only way we're going to do any of this is in the power of Jesus Christ. The fact is, we are not great people who have great answers to the world's problems. We are broken people who have discovered life in Jesus. And like one beggar telling another beggar where to find food, we say... Jesus changed me and gave me hope and gives me life. And I'd love for you to experience that. I'd love for you to be able to experience the peace that only Jesus can bring. That's the gospel, friends. We are not building a, a, an empire that says, ha, we've got answers, come ask us. No, we're building a community where we bring the presence of Christ and by his power his power lives are changed and and so as we come to the table we remind ourselves that we are broken people, that we are sinners, that we are people in need of grace and Jesus says now I will take care of you and just learn to love each other, learn to care for each other, become that community where you really do just serve each other and then let the world say what's up with you So we take the bread and we drink the cup to remember that Jesus is our hope and Jesus is the hope of the world. Let's pray together. Father, we get busy with a lot of things and they're good things. They're really good things. But Father, you invite us this morning to remember the main thing and that is we are restored to new life through Jesus Christ. That it was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that brought redemption, that paid the price. That it's the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that gives us hope and life and peace. And so teach us to live in that power. Father, thank you. Teach us, just maybe now for some of us, we need to just accept that your loving arms are surrounding us. And that it's okay, we're struggling, we don't feel like we're worthy. Surround us with your loving arms. And then Father, just teach us to be your people so that we can make a maximum impact for Jesus in the kingdom. We pray this in his name. Amen.